Father, we thank you for your victory. We thank you that we can walk in this victory that you had given us. Lord, I thank you that we became part of your victory. We did not fight the battle, but you fought it on behalf of us. Oh, thank you, Lord, that now you're just calling us to walk in your ways and to walk in your victory. And we thank you for all these promises. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Our God is awesome. When I walked in today in the church, obviously I have a small ticket because I've parked with my car. I did not come with the train. And uh, somebody was behind me, uh, an elderly lady, and, and she says, I don't have a ticket, but can I come in? And of course you can. Of course you can. And I hope you're here today and you're going to hear the gospel. You're always welcome. And this place is free. You don't have to pay to come to this place. Amen. You can come and find forgiveness of your sins. You can come and find joy in your heart. You don't have to spend money to go to Rome to crawl the steps and find all these things. It's given to us for free. And hallelujah. Today I have in my heart a few thoughts that I would like to share. And the title of my teaching today will be Above All, Guard Your Heart. Above All, Guard Your Heart. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says... For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So often we look at people around us and we're wondering, why, why is he so annoying? Or, or why is he so not nice? It's because of the heart. It's because of the heart issue. Why is he not kind to me? Why is he not nice to me? Why is he not saying yes? It's because of the heart. The leading death in the United States today, it's not accidents. It's not alcoholism. It's not even cancer. But the leading death today in the United States, it's actually heart disease. And it's amazing. It has been for years and it's still leading. About 635,000 people, 260, die a year from heart disease. Our heart is important. If our heart does not function properly, we have issues. It affects the whole body. It's not just, it's not just that, oh, it's okay, you know, we can just kind of live without our heart. It's impossible. It's impossible. Our heart is the center of our emotions. It's not just kind of a, a, a part of the body that kind of just beats and lets us know that we're still alive. But it's the center of our emotions. The way we act, the way we live our life, the way we talk, the way we do things, it starts within our heart. We express our love to our spouses. We express our love to our families. And it comes from our heart. You know why? Because we tell sometimes to our spouse, I love you from the bottom of my heart. So I guess the heart also has a bottom, you know. <laughs> Not from the top, but from the bottom. Meaning the wholeness. From the whole thing. I, I love you so much. Do you remember maybe when we were still teenagers, we were growing up. And we're fooling in school. And, and you know, when you go to, to, to school, especially in those teenage years, you, you kind of love everybody. You know, every girl you see you love. And then the, the girls, every guy they see they love. And, and it's kind of like a moment, you know, our heart. And one way we used to express that, at least I used to do that. I was a little dumb still, you know, as a kid. And, and oh, I love this person. And, and I remember when I was uh, young, I would come to my father and say, God... You know, help me to, to just be open with, with my dad. And I would come to my dad and say, you know, I fell in love. My dad was, really? 
Oh yeah, I love that person so much. And he used to laugh at me. And I, and I just thought, that, that's child abuse. You know what I mean? That's child abuse. What, what is this? You know, I'm opening my heart that I fell in love, you know. I, I truly fell, meaning I fell, you know. But it started all there. But the way we used to communicate, it's notes. And we used to write on a note, not an essay. Today, you know, we, we text essays, you know, we express our feelings. But back in the day when we were younger, we used to just draw a heart. And that explained everything. We just, you know, we used to uh, maybe hunt or, or do some of the things in the woods. And, and on the tree, we, if we had a pocket knife, uh, maybe you guys don't know in New York what a pocket knife is. Because you live in, uh, among buildings. But those who live in the woods, we carry a pocket knife. And we would take and carve on a tree. And usually we would carve maybe the first initial, a heart, and then somebody else's initial. And that explained everything. Because it begins with a heart. But sometimes you also have seen a picture of a heart, but it has an arrow that goes kind of through. That's kind of like, ouch, why would you do that, right? It's kind of like, I love you so much, but with an arrow, I'm going to also hurt you, you know? And this is how our childhood used to be. Why? Because everything starts within our heart. A whole expression starts within our heart. Our heart is the place where we make decisions. You know, we think that, oh, I'm just making it my mind decision. It's true, it's partly, but it begins within our heart. The Bible says that a fool said in his heart, there is no God. You see, again, in his heart, he came to the conclusion. And those people that came to that conclusion, the Bible calls them fools. It's in the heart that they have come, that they have arrived to a, to a decision to say, you know what? God doesn't exist. But they don't know that in that moment, God can stop their heart. Where that thought even began, and they would be dropped dead. But because God still loves us and His mercy, He's still reaching to all of us today. You know, we look at all the issues that in this world we encounter. All the problems that we have. And we might say, if we can only change the laws. If we can only do this way or this way, we would be free. We would be in a better world. If we can only come and, and kind of just change a few things. If I was the boss, I would do this or that, and we would be better off. The Israelites in the Old Testament, they were having hundreds of laws. And they could not keep them. Why? Because it always was the issue of a heart. It's the issue of a heart. Today we might cry out and we might say, if we put this president in the office, or we put that president, our country will be different. But my brother and my sister, if our hearts is not converted and given to the Lord, the issue is still there. Doesn't matter who we reach out to. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what kind of laws we change. The problem still remains. It is the heart. Why? Because in Matthew chapter 15 verses 19 says this. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts. Murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. It comes from the heart. Can you imagine? The heart is such a small organ in our body. But it's the heart who dictates to us what we do. And if this heart is not regenerated by the grace and the mercy of God. Can you imagine what we're capable to do as people? Jeremiah 17 verses 9 and 10 says this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But then the end, he says this, I, the Lord, searches the heart. You see, we can come here today. 
And we can, we can just act like everything is cool with us. We can just put a smile for two hours, right? We can just do everything what is right, what is asked of us to do. But he says that the Lord sees the heart. It is God who, who sees beyond a smile. Beyond our words. Beyond everything that we can possess. And he sees our heart. And he's searching for a heart. That he says, Lord, I want to surrender to you. What our heart is filled with, that is what's going to come out. It's impossible for, for us to, to be nice if our heart is not nice. Yeah. It's just impossible. You know, we can go to training classes. We can go to college. We can do all these things. You know, we love dogs, right? I mean, I have a small Maltese at home. But, but it doesn't matter how much you train that dog, it's still a dog. It's still a dog. It's still a wild dog, you know. It's still, and sometimes it can bite you. And sometimes it can do harm. And another time it can bark and wake you up. Because it's still a dog. Same thing with us. If our heart is not regenerated, we're still sinful people. We're still capable to do whatever when we look to our neighbor and say, I can't believe that person just did that. My brother, my sister, we're capable of doing the same thing and worse. If it wasn't for the mercy of God. If it wasn't for the grace of God. David cried out to God and said in Psalms 51.10. Create in me a new heart. A new heart. And this should be the cry of our heart. The cry of our mouth today. God created me a new heart. Is there any place in my life that, that I did not surrender to you? I did not surrender my ways to you. I'm still a snappy person. I'm still not a loving person. Those are the issues that, that a class that you go to college or, or you take a psychology class is not going to fix. But the only person that can fix this is the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And a cry like David had created me a new heart. Now the Bible says above all else to guard our hearts. Can you imagine... Our hearts are more important than the wealth we possess. Our heart is more important than the family we have. Our heart is more important than the knowledge we have. Because it all starts from our heart. It all starts there. And if that's not in proper place. In a relationship with the Lord. All of the things are affected in our life. We want to fix marriages. But we forget that it starts with our heart. We want to fix relationships, but it starts with our heart. A cry that needs to be like David, that God changed my heart. Changed my attitude. And I want to be more like you. Proverbs 4.23 says this. Why should we guard our hearts above all things? Because for everything you do flows from it. Everything. Say everything with me. Everything. everything. And, and if you can remember this everything, tomorrow everything you do, it's because it's in your heart. Your heart cannot be part, a part of you. Or part, I should say, part, aside. But it is part of us. Every decision, everything that we do, it starts with, within our hearts. So what should we guard our hearts from? So this was a small introduction of our heart. But now, what should we guard our hearts from? There's a whole lot of things that we can talk about from the Bible that we can guard our hearts from. But there's three things that I picked that influenced my life 
And I pray that also it helps you to understand. And if we can pay attention on these three things, we can begin to work in our hearts. But I want to make it clear that, that the first step is to come to Jesus Christ for him to change our heart. To change our heart. And when he comes and does that, we become new people. New creation in him. And now he says, but now guard that heart. Don't allow things to come into your life by guard that heart. The first point, it says that in order to guard our hearts, we must tame our tongue. Can you imagine that uh, our tongue has so much power? The Bible says if you and I, if you and I can have control over our tongue, we can have control over all of our body. I struggle with that at times. Pastor Carter has conversations when we're alone. Pavel, you, you got to be careful what you say, you know. Because we come from a culture that you're really direct. And, and sometimes other people might not understand. Isn't it right, Pastor Carter? And, and as a pastor, you know, I have to submit and, and, and receive, you know, in love. And, and, and I have to understand that it's, it's there to help me. To help me. To train me. To become a better person. But you see, in order for us to guard our hearts, one of the steps is it's our words. Is to be able to tame our tongue. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 says this. A good man out of a good treasures of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Have you met those people that kind of say, oh I, I just said that. I didn't really mean it. Right. Right. You know. Oh. You know. They, they say that. I was joking, but the, the other part, it says that in this joke, you know, when we say something, oh, I was just joking, you know, it, it's only, it's only a, little, a little bit of a joke in that joke, but the rest is truth, actually, you know, we kind of find an escape, like an exit door, you know, when we say something, we kind of know it's awkward, oh, I, I was just teasing, you know, you're not, no, you were not, we, we really meant it, you know why, because it came out of our hearts. It came out of there. If, if it wasn't there, it wouldn't come out. But because it was there, it came out. It came out. It's like a frog. You catch a frog, and you try to put a frog into a pan, or you try to put a frog into water, it jumps out. You know? The reason why it jumps out, because you have put it there. If the frog was not there, it was never was going to jump out. Same thing with our words. You know, we can't say, oh, 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 I'm sorry, it just kind of slipped, you know? Kind of we slip on the ice sometimes when we walk. It doesn't happen that way. It always has been there. We just never took care of it. In a moment of difficulty, it just came out. Because the Bible says, for out of the treasure or abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Your mouth speaks. So one way that we should guard our hearts is, let's be careful what we say. And how we say it. Proverbs 21, 23 says this. Those who guard their mouth and their tongue keep themselves from calamity. What another translation would say, from trouble. You want to stay out of trouble? Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> right? Those people that, that, you know, it's guarding our hearts in the end of the day. It's actually showing to people around us that, that we have self-control. That we are good stewards of our heart. You know what I mean? That we only will allow good things to come out of us, not bad things. First Peter chapter 3 verse 10 says this. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips 
from deceitful speech. Have you met people, or maybe it's some of us, that, you know, when, when we ask a story, it, it's almost like we, we lose control and, and we don't know what to say. We make up stuff. Have, have you met people like that? Or maybe we should ask those people, they're going to be like, yeah, we met them, <laughs> you know, and it's us. But we should be people that speak truth. We should be people that should, that should protect our heart from allowing the lies of this world to get a hold of us. And if we will be people that will embrace truth, it doesn't matter what day, of, what day or what hour of the day we would be asked that story, we would be consistent. In the middle of the night, somebody will come and say, tell me the story, what happened? We're not going to be like, oh, I'm sleeping, I forgot. If we are people of truth, if we're going to protect our mouth and our heart from lies, we will say the truth. Why? Because the truth has only one story. But the lies has many stories. And if you told one person one thing, the other person the other thing, the other person the other thing, you're going to try to figure out who is this person related to so I can match up the story that I told them so I can tell them. But now, if we were people, they will say, you know, I'm going to guard my heart from evil speech. I'm going to guard my heart from lies. I'm going to embrace the truth of the Lord. And it doesn't matter when I'm asked about something, I'm going to say the truth. And by doing that, we're guarding our heart. We guard our heart by being honest in our speech. Psalms 34 verse 13 says this, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. It's simple. It's simple. When we walk in that obedience that God is calling us to walk in, protecting our hearts and telling the truth, we will flourish. We will flourish. Sometimes that in our walk, we can be people that say, you know what, I failed. I failed in those areas, Pastor Paul, that you're just mentioning. And, and, and I don't know how to do this. I need help. Psalm 141 verse 3 says that, set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. You see, it is calling upon the name of the Lord to help you. It's not, it's not a solution that I'm going to give you 10 steps and you're going to do this and tomorrow you're going to be a genius because you know how to control your, your tongue. No, but it's crying out to the Lord that says, God, please set a guard upon my mouth. Because it is the doors to everything. Our tongue is the doors to our heart. It actually opens to the world and tells everybody what's really inside. That's why the Bible says that even a fool, if he keeps... His mouth shut. He's perceived as wise. As wise. Our mouth is like the doors that says welcome to the wise generation. Or welcome to the people that don't know how to tame their tongue. Point two. Our eyes are the doors to the heart. Our eyes are the door that guard our hearts. It's our eyes. What do we see before us? There are stories in the Bible that Jesus would talk with people. And he would ask a question. He says, what do you see? And people would respond. What if tonight we hear before we go to sleep when we're watching something. And the word of the Lord comes to us and we hear a voice. says, what do you see? What will we answer? Matthew chapter 6 verses 20, 
22 and 23 says this. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eyes is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. What do you see? I'm not going to go in details and describe so many things. We all know what we should allow before our eyes. Because it actually feeds our heart. And if we allow negative things, bad things, if we allow movies that are, are not godly to just get a hold of our lives, different things, if we allow pornography to get a hold of our eyes, we're going to be feeding our hearts with those things. And then it comes a moment that we begin to act upon things that we have seen. Because our heart is like a computer. Whatever what you hear, whatever what you see, it kind of downloads everything there. And I want to encourage all of us to always keep in mind that as Jesus asked the blind man when he touched him. And he says, what do you see? And he says, I see people like trees. And he touched him again. He says, what do you see? And he saw him, Jesus, for who he was. Jesus wants to touch your eyes. You see, we might have eyes, but yet be blind. We might have riches, but yet be poor. Because we can be fooled with things in this world that can captivate us. But today, I want to challenge all of us. For this question to be in our mind. that If Jesus whispers in our ears, what do you see? What will I answer? What will I answer? Because that will determine if we should watch that or not. Should we have that before our eyes or not? What do you see? Psalms 119 encourages us for our eyes to be open. And for our eyes to be pure. What we behold is what we become. You cannot watch something, engage into things in your life. And think that you're going to be just a totally different person. In the moment you might. But in a long run. In a long run it will get a hold of us. Psalms 119 verses 18 says this. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Meaning God open my eyes so I can behold your word. God, God touch my eyes so I can see you for who you really are. Lord, touch my eyes so I can really see the miracles that you did. And be part of that. Touch my eyes so I can clearly see you. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 18 says this. But we all with unveiled face beholding. Say with me. Beholding. As in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, what we behold, that's what we're gonna become. We cannot behold violence and be people of peace. We will become violent. We cannot behold evil and be people that are representing the gospel. It's going to get a hold of us. It's because we are allowing those things to get a hold of our hearts. And the Bible is calling us. Guard your heart from all those things. Guard your heart. Point three. The places where we go. Will determine what your heart gets filled with. You might say. Oh it doesn't matter. I'm just going to go. It's one thing to go. But it's another thing when we find now. Some type of pleasure there. 
And it's almost like a magnet. Now it draws us to those places that we know that are ungodly. And we say, oh no, I'm the light of the world. You know, as Jesus says that now we represent the light of Christ. And somebody needs to go to that bar and shine the light. I'm afraid that the darkness is going to shine on you. This is what I'm afraid of. There are plenty of places where we can shine the light of Jesus Christ. But no, no, we, we want our own places to choose, you know. Not where God is calling us, but where we want to go. But we forget that those places where I get a hold of our hearts. And sooner or later we'll become acquainted with those things. And we're like, hey, you know what, forget it. Nobody's here. It's little foxes that spoil the vine. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. In different words, think before you go somewhere. Think. It's easy, right? Bible says, you know, God give us a mind. God give us brains. Let's put them to use. What would happen if I would go there? Okay, this can happen, this can happen, this can happen. Now God, what should I do? Of course don't go. Right? Ponder upon your path. Don't just go. Don't just allow your feet kind of to just lead you. But you know, we have a head on our shoulders. You know, we have to think. You know, we have to look down and, and, and then tell our feet where to go. Don't allow your feet to take your places. Because, because the feet are part of your body. And you're responsible for those feet. And you tell those feet where to go. But if we're finding ourselves in a places that we should not be. I'm afraid that those places might get a hold of our heart. And then it's going to come outwardly in years to come. You see, your feet will take you always. Always your feet will take you as far as you allow them to go. We, we can't blame our feet. Oh, my feet just took me there. Right. You know, you allow those feet to, to go that direction. You allow those feet. You said, okay, now I'm going to go. You made a decision. And because it was in your heart, now the whole body has to submit to that decision that you have made. It's scary, right? But that's why the Bible says now you guard your heart. And we can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't. That's why David says, I cry to you, O God, change my heart. You will always go to the places that you find that there is treasure for you. You will never find yourself in a place that you kind of, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable me to be there. Usually we are people living in the United States. We will leave. We will bounce. We're like, forget this. I'm doing that, right? But the places we find ourselves hanging out are usually the places that we enjoy actually being there. We enjoy being there. Nobody forced us to go there. Nobody forced us to sit there. But because we enjoy, we find ourselves there. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 says this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We can't be like, I, I'm hanging out here, but you know, my heart is not there. My, my heart is at church. Right. Right. You know. No, your heart is there. That's why you're there. It begins with the heart. It begins everything with the inside. You know how many dumb mistakes and decisions I did in my life? And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. As Christians... You know, we, we kind of just blame the devil for everything, you know. <laughs> God has given us a choice. He says, if you're going to walk according to this word, you will prosper. If you're going to walk according to the flesh, you will reap what? The flesh. Easy, right? No, no, but we're going to blame everybody. We're going to blame the devil. We're going to blame our neighbors. We're going to blame everybody but us. But us. But God says, no, I give you a new heart. Now guard your heart. How do we do that? 
It's according to his word. Walking according to the spirit. Fulfilling his word, his promises. And in the moments even when I failed in my life, I always think, man, God was always there to help me to do the right thing. But because I allowed some of the things, these little foxes to get a hold of my heart, I just wanted to do that. Because if we're moved according to the flesh, we'll fulfill the lust of the flesh. But we are moved by the Spirit. We will fulfill the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. Love, joy, peace, all these things that God is offering us. Because it's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. I would like to remind all of us that we can impress each other. We can even impress the pastors. We can even impress the people, the families, actually even your parents, kids. We can impress them. Meaning that we can act like we're not those people. We can put a show. And in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 7. There was a man that people chose and his name was Saul. Because he looked tall and beautiful. Because he looked like he has all the things together. But his heart was wicked. But David was a small boy. Nobody cared about him, right? But the Bible says that man looketh at the appearance. But God looketh at the heart. At the heart. At the heart. We might be here and say, well, I'm not, I'm not really attractive, so I can't do this or that. Listen, it's your heart. It's not about your face. It's not about how you look. It's not about how you dress. But it's the condition of our hearts. And if we protect that, God is going to use us. Why? Because he sees the heart. He sees the heart. I would like to read one passage from the Word of God. That it was written in Proverbs Chapter 4, verses 23 through 26. And if you don't remember a whole lot from this teaching, I would beg you to remember at least this passage. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 23 through 26. And it says this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Put away from your deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. In different words, don't look to the right, to the left. Don't wander. Because when you're going to wander, you're going to squander. We have to look straight. We have to keep our gaze straight. Peter decided to look at the wave. He looked at, he looked at the lake. Jesus called him. He says, look at me. Call. He called him by name. And Peter was walking upon the water. But deeper than that, Peter was walking on the word of the Lord. Amen. Yes, it was water. But it was that word that was keeping him. That faith. But as soon as he turned his gaze from Jesus, he began to sing. You know, we live in Pennsylvania. And if you go to Lancaster, there's a lot of Amish people there. And they ride uh, on the horses, you know, on the buggies. And often you, you drive right next to them, you know, 50 miles, 60 miles an hour. And you're kind of like, whoa, that horse probably is going to jump because he's going to get scared. But those horses, they have this, this shades, if I can put it that way, next to their eyes. You know, it's part of training. Yeah, yeah. And, and the horse goes forward and the horse doesn't care what in the world goes around them. They have their focus because their master had, had just told them, you go straight. We're going to go home. All right? And I'm going to control this horse now. And I'm going to go home. 
And those shades help the horse to focus. I would encourage you to take, take a trip to uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And you will see tons of those. And what, why is that? Because if a car comes, the horse can't see it. When a car is beside, the horse can't see it. The moment the horse sees the car, when it's already too late, the, the car is in front. You know, when we keep our gaze on Jesus Christ. When the word of God comes one shade, the power of the Holy Spirit is another shade. And we're going to keep the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. God, I'm going to keep my focus on you. Things are going to come against us. But we're not going to see them. We're not going to see them pass by us. Because they will never be part of us. Because we chose to focus on Jesus. We chose to focus on Jesus. There's another passage in the Word of God that I would like to share and I'll close. And this will be my altar call. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. See again, it's the heart. It's the heart. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me. Say with me, lead me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. You see, God not called us to live this life on our own. But he has called us and says, now I change your heart. I give you a new heart. Now treasure it, protect it. Don't allow all these things from the world to get a hold of your heart. But protect it. But often in a Christian life, the right prayer would be, if you have arrived in your life that you're saying, I, I don't need to pray this prayer, search me, oh God. Oh, I'll be praying for you. <laughs> I'll be praying for you. All of our life should be, God, search me. Is there any wicked thing in my heart? Is there anything that, that, that is there just crumpled in and I'm not aware of? God, is there anything that I should be aware of what's going on in my life? The way I act when there's issues, it's not because I just lost my temper. It's because that it's in my heart. Search me, oh God, today. Search me. Is there any wicked thing in my heart? Did I, did I allow any wickedness to come? That I was just, just okay with some of the things and now those things have an effect the way we act. And he says, now lead me. Lead me in the, lay, in the way of everlasting. Over everlasting life. Everlasting life. As I mentioned in the beginning that the biggest issues that we have with our health and the largest death toll in the United States is because of the heart disease. And as I said, it's about 635,000 people die every year from a heart disease. But let me tell you something. That there is more than that. People that are alive their heart is beating, but they're dead spiritually. As sad as this is, but our concern should be, God, am I alive for you? Is my heart tender towards your word or, or just full of, of just bitterness? God, search my heart. Search my heart. There's always people around us, my brother, my sister. And our heart has to be ready to reach out to them. And our cry should be, God, search me. Search me. 
is there anything in my life? And this should be the prayer, everyday prayer. It's part of our life. We did not arrive. We did not arrive. But everyday prayer, God, help me to have control over my tongue, over my words. God, help me. Lord, help me to be able to choose not to watch on things that are not glorifying you. Help me, Lord, that if you're going to come and whisper what you're watching, if, so, so I'm not going to be embarrassed to say what I see before me. And that thirdly, Lord, help me. Help me to go your way. Help my path to glorify you. And when we do that, we are going to be people that with open arms, without fear, will say, search me, O God. Search me. And he will search me in you. And that will be in kindness and in love. He will deal with you in kindness and in love. Because he loves you. And he loves those who are honest. And if you're here today, I would like to invite you to stand with me. And this is my altar call. That if you're here today that you have not committed all your ways to the Lord. And your cry of your heart today is, God, search my heart. Search my heart. If this is you, come join me here. And also if you're here today that you have not received Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. I want to give you that opportunity. As that person walked in and says, do I need a ticket to come into this place? No, you don't. You don't even need a ticket to come to Jesus Christ. But it's by faith. It is by faith saying, God, have mercy upon me. And cover me with your love and with your grace. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your word that gives us hope. In the midst of a failure, in the midst of the circumstances we face in our life. We have hope. And this hope is found in you. Lord, your word is calling us to guard our hearts. Father, we can change so many things around us. But if our heart is not changed, it's all in vain. Because everything starts within our hearts. But you're offering to us a new life. A new heart. And Father, we come to you. If there are people in this place that are crying out to you for you to change their hearts, as David says, search my heart, search my heart, change my heart, oh God. Lord, I pray that you hear our cry and you help us with our words. You give us the grace to be able to tame our bodies, to have control over what we say and what we do. Lord, I pray that you keep, give us the grace not to allow the worldly things to get a hold of our lives. Father, I pray that you give us the strength that we need. Lord, I pray today that you give us the grace that we need to be able to keep our eyes pure before you. Because if we keep them pure, the whole body is going to be whole. The whole body is going to be shining light. Father, we can't do this without you. Lord, but you're calling us to behold. To behold you. And when we behold you, we're being transformed to be more like you. Lord, then give us the grace to be able not to go into the places that doesn't glorify you. Lord, give us the grace to be able to say to our feet when they want to run to evil, to say no. And we're going to protect our hearts on the principles that the gospel is calling us to do. And I pray, Lord, that you help us today. I pray for these people that are here in this room. Lord, touch them, hear their cry, and help them. Forgive us, O oh God. Forgive us in the areas where we have failed. But today we come with an honest prayer to you. 
And we want to say, search our hearts, oh God. Is there anything in our hearts, in our lives that, that you would like to work on? That you would like for us to just get rid of it? Give us the grace, oh God. And lead us in the everlasting life. Lead us, oh God. We're not called to do this on our own. But you said that you will be there to help us and to give us the grace in a time of need. Lord, we run to you today. We run to you today, oh God. And you keep our path pure and our heart pure before you. Because from this heart, all of our life is affected. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you are good. I thank you for your promise. I thank you that we can come boldly to you. I thank you that we can live from this place knowing that this truth will set us free. God, I thank you that, that we're not conquered by this world. But I thank you, Lord, that your word has power to work in our life. And you will help us to do this your way, oh God. Your way. Oh Jesus, put a shout of glory in our hearts today. Leaving this place full of hope. Knowing that what you have begun in our lives, you will bring to completion. Father, I thank you for your promises. And I thank you for your word that has power in our lives. Oh Jesus, we glorify you. And we praise you. Because you are good. And your mercy endures forever. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Give him a shout of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.